Welcome to the Downtown Brown Town Podcast. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at Downtown underscore Brown and on Instagram at Downtown underscore Brown 33. Uh, this week's episode going to be a good one. Got lots to discuss. Bucks picking up a big time win in Philadelphia on Tuesday night. So we'll go over that one in detail um, as well as touch on um, just a brief overview of the other two games this week the loss against the Memphis Grizzlies and the win against the Washington Wizards. And then as we always do, we'll look at the Eastern Conference standings. They are super congested as they've really been uh, last month or two. And look at the Bucks' upcoming schedule for the week. Not many games left here. And then uh, we will end with who's up and who's down as well as just kind of looking at the Eastern Conference this will be in the standings portion as well, but I'm going to re-update who I think are contenders or pretenders in the East. I know I did this about a month or two ago, and obviously things have changed a lot since that point. So I'm going to give some updated predictions on, on who I think could win the East versus teams that that don't have a chance of winning the East. So uh, we'll, we'll get that in there as well. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Bucks beating the Philadelphia 76ers on Tuesday in Philadelphia, 118 to 116. Um, what a game. Uh, first things first, something that we saw that we haven't seen in a long, long time outside of injuries is the Bucks going with a different starting five and Grayson Allen moved to the bench and Wesley Matthews started in his spots in the starting lineup so uh something that i certainly didn't expect didn't even really think about it to be honest but i think it made sense you know they, their vision was okay we're gonna put wes in the starting lineup he's gonna be the primary hardened defender so um that obviously that wesley matthews has had a, a good run on james harden in the past uh, especially when he was on the Bucks two seasons ago, he, he gave some nice minutes against Harden. So certainly Wesley Matthews known more for his defense as opposed to his offense. So kind of going more defensive heavy in the starting lineup and removing a good offensive player in Grayson Allen. Um, I, I like the move. I really did. I don't think it necessarily swayed this game or anything like that, but um, it's a move that like it made sense. And I think the Bucks could stick with the starting lineup the rest of the way in the regular season and, and going into the postseason. I mean, Bud certainly like favors defense. Um, I mean, we saw that last year, you know, PJ Tucker going into the starting lineup when Dante got hurt in the Miami series. Uh, for, like they could have went with a guy like Pat Connaughton, who's obviously known more for his offense, but they went with PJ Tucker in that scenario and, and it paid off for him. Uh, this is a little bit different of a situation, but I think it makes sense. I'm totally fine if they keep it. Personally, I think I would prefer that. Um, I like Grayson a lot. It's not uh, a knock on Grayson, but I just think that you're going to have to get more stops in the playoffs. And, you know, Grayson Allen, oh, he's not a bad defender, but he can certainly get picked on and teams are going to target him. They're going to run pick and rolls to try and get Grayson Allen on the ball and favorable matchups for like a James Harden or like, a, you know, Kyrie Irving or someone like that. So I prefer not to, to have that in the starting lineup and, and rather have a guy like Wesley who can hold his own. Um, and 
especially in certain matchups like a Brooklyn, for example. I think Wesley Matthews is probably going to get a lot of run on Kevin Durant. So um, I think that they should stick with that going forward. And that's going to be my guess is that they are going to do that. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, another thing that kind of stuck out to me with this change is that, um, you know, Wesley Matthews, it, he's basically what not only is he like taking on that more defensive role, but he's also like him being in the game is allowing Chris Middleton to defend a lesser offensive player. Like, you know, against like Philly, for example, you know, there's a chance that, you know, Chris Middleton could have guarded like, I don't know, James Harden. I don't think they would have done that, but like still like Chris Middleton's going to have a harder assignment on defense if Grayson Allen's in the starting lineup. So I think it makes sense to, you know, conserve Chris's energy a little bit more for the offensive end and have a guy in there like Wesley who isn't PJ Tucker, but like he provides like a similar impact that Tucker did just defensive presence. Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense. So um, I, I like the move by Bud, quite frankly, I'm still surprised by it just because, you know, he usually doesn't change the starting lineups unless there's an injury. Usually he rolls with what he has unless, like I said, either an injury or just something happens. Like one player just plays bad for a long stretch of games and then he'll maybe mix it up. But uh, overall, I like the move and I think it's going to continue going forward and, and something we should implement in the playoffs. So new starting lineup and the Bucks get a win here. Uh, looking at the overall like team stats for the game, 50% from the field for the Bucks as opposed to 48.3% from the 76ers. So pretty even shooting splits there. Bucks are 14 of 38 from three. That's 37%. And the 76ers are 39% from three, 16 for 41. So uh, two more made three-pointers by Philly there. Uh, free throw line, Bucks had the edge there, 16 for 23, as opposed to 14 for 18 for Philly. I mean, Philly had a better shooting percentage, but the Bucks made more free throws, uh, which is obviously, you know, what you want. Uh, rebounding, Bucks out-rebound the 76ers by eight, 48 to 40. Uh, we had four more defensive rebounds and four more offensive rebounds than, than Philly. Nine offensive rebounds, solid for the Bucks to only five for Philly. So good, good job by the Bucks by limiting second chance opportunities from Philly and also the Bucks picking up second chance opportunities for themselves. Um, turnovers, Bucks had 11 and, uh, and Philly had nine points off of turnovers. The Bucks had 11 and Philly had five. So Bucks had the edge there on points off of turnovers, which is always a good thing. Um, points in the paint, pretty even, 48 for the Bucks, 46 for Philly. Um, and it was one of those games where it really went back and forth. You know, Philly's largest lead in the game was 14. The Bucks' largest lead was 11. Bucks came out strong early on. They were looking good. Um, they were up 21 to 11 earlier on in the first quarter. Their 11-point lead was in the first quarter as well. Um, guys like Chris Middleton were looking solid to start. Giannis was fantastic all game. We'll, we'll get to him in a little bit. Um, but First quarter, you know, the Bucks do only win it by three, but they came out strong and, and were hitting some shots. Uh, but Philly was able to maintain and, and stay within that one. Second quarter is think where things really fell apart for Milwaukee. 
They lost the quarter by 13, 37 to 24. Uh, so the Bucks trailed by 10 points at halftime. Uh, a lot of the times we've seen it as the third quarter for the Bucks, where they really struggle and give up leads. But this game was the second quarter. Really what it came down to was just Philly was making three-pointers and, and the Bucks got cold from three. Um, so really there, I mean, you know, the Bucs gave them some good looks. So I can't say it was just luck by Philly. You know, the Bucs have a they, – they tend to give up a lot of open three-pointers, which is very nerve-wracking. If teams are going to knock them down, it's going to be hard to beat those teams. But Philly – didn't make quite enough of them um, for the Bucks to for the Bucks to lose that one. So really, three point shooting was the big thing, and, and they were getting to the free throw line quite a bit. And B drew a lot of fouls, Harden drew a lot of fouls as usual, um, which is always you know just something you got to keep an eye on when you're playing the 76ers. Is they're just looking to get to the line. I mean, James Harden. It's hard to even respect his game honestly because he literally just plays the game like and tries to manipulate the rules just to get fouls. Like there was a play where he like wrapped his arm around like Wesley Matthews. I think it was, and he's driving to the paint, like just to get a foul call. It's like, dude's not even trying to make these baskets. It feels like he's just trying to get to the free throw line. It's like, that's so freaking lame. I, he's Harden's my least favorite player in the league. It's not even close. Um, and Philly is definitely my least favorite team. Now that he's joined, I never liked them before. Harden was there. I'm not a big Embiid guy either. He's great, but just don't like him. Um, the Heat were always my least favorite team until Harden joined the 76ers. So I am on team Buck the 76ers, um, and I'm definitely going to stay there as long as Harden is there. So, um, yeah, second quarter, again, Bucks was down by 13, down by 10 at halftime. Third quarter, uh, again, the Bucks uh, nemesis pretty much all season. Bucks won the quarter by two. Really, it was back and forth. Brooke Lopez had a really nice start to the quarter. Um, had two three-pointers. I think another basket. Just to keep the Bucks kind of within distance. They they were at like around six points. They might have cut it to four at one point, but then Philly took a nice lead again, and they had a 13-point lead in in the fourth quarter earlier on. And and really, at that point, you weren't feeling great, but just like the game against the Heat on March 2nd and uh, the Jazz a couple weeks ago, the Bucks in crunch time, they are able to get it done. Our big three is battle-tested. They've done it before. And at this point, we, no matter what the lead is, as long as it's not like 20, you know, 15 plus is pretty tough. So like around that range, if it's around there, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to win. But if the Bucks are in striking distance, you know, 12 points or less they have a chance to win any of these fourth quarter games and that's all due to their big three just taking over when it matters most bucks scored 37 points in the uh, fourth quarter and philly at 27 so bucks win that game by two uh obviously Giannis had the pretty much game ceiling block at the end on Embiid. uh we've seen it before game four of the finals uh, the sun block, as they call it, on DeAndre Ayton. Giannis once again comes through in the clutch with a key defensive play uh, after Harden missed a three pretty badly. That would have put them up by one. And Embiid got the rebound with about three or four seconds left, put up a, lay, a little floater or layup off the glass, and Giannis blocks it um, before it hit the glass. They did call it a goaltending, so it was 
technically tied at that point, but it, it was a uh, official review and it was clearly a, a clean block. So, uh, and ended up being a jump ball at center court with 1.6 seconds left, which actually really favored the Bucks because the clock starts when the ball is touched on the tip. So Philly didn't even have a chance to get a shot up. So Bucks end up getting the win there and, and what a huge one it was. As I was mentioning with the big three in clutch time, Bucks scored 37 points in the fourth quarter. The big three had 31 of those 37 points. I mean, that just goes to show how great this big three has been in, in, in clutch time situations against good teams. You know, Giannis was, was dominant. He had 12 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Drew Holiday had a huge three to put them up four points late in the fourth quarter. Chris hit some nice shots. And uh, at the end of the day, the Bucks defense was able to get enough stops and able to get them to get that win. So always feels good beating Philadelphia, especially on the road. Um, they're a good team. You know, they're a very good team. And we'll talk about them in my contenders, pretenders segment a little bit later. <clears throat> but very good team. And uh, you've got to appreciate these wins against a good team like that. Um, it just goes to show that this Bucks team can really beat anyone when they're on. And, and they certainly got that done last or on Tuesday night. Um, looking at some of the individual performances, Giannis with 40 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, one steal and three blocks in 38 minutes, seven for 10 from the free throw line. He's right at 72% from the free throw line this season, which is great. Uh, 16 for 24 from the field, really efficient from him. Did make one three out of three attempts. So Giannis was fantastic as he always is. He's the Philly killer and, and he certainly came through in this one. Um, Chris Middleton, your next leading scorer with 22 points. Really nice game for Chris, um, eight for 17 from the field three of eight from three, uh, nine rebounds, seven assists. So Chris made an impact, not only scoring the ball, but also getting guys some nice shots with the seven assists there and picking up nine rebounds is really solid for him. Uh, he had a little bit of a down stretch towards the second, third quarter, but he picked it up, hit some big shots like Chris always does and, and really can't complain with this performance. It was really solid. Drew Holiday next 18 points, seven for 16 from the field two of six from three, eight boards, 10 assists, and one steal for Drew, plus 11 in his 40 minutes. Um, we saw what this Bucks team is like without Drew Holiday this season, and especially in that Memphis Grizzlies game on Saturday night, Bucks got trounced by the 70s, or by the Grizzlies um, without John Morant, but that's still a really, really good team without John. They're 18 and two without John Morant this season. Looks like they'll probably be 19 and two if, if they beat the Spurs while I'm recording this right now. They're up eight points with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. But that's a really good Memphis team. And and just Drew Holiday is just kind of he's kind of just the anchor of the whole team. Like Brooke Lopez is the anchor of our defense for sure. But Drew just kind of puts everything together and he makes this team go. So when he's out there, the Bucks win a lot of games and he was huge again when we needed him most in this fourth quarter against Philly came up with some nice stops defensively, hit that big time three late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Drew Holiday's playing his best basketball. 
of the season right now, especially on offense. And if he can just keep this up in the playoffs, good luck beating this Bucks team. Because if we look at last year, you know, Drew Holiday did not play well offensively most of the playoffs. Sure, he had some nice games like um, like game five against the Suns in the finals and also game five in the Eastern Conference finals against Atlanta. But really, he struggled from um, offensively in pretty much the whole playoffs last year. So if he can give you what he's giving you right now, good luck, uh, NBA. Bucks are going to be tough to beat. We'll go to Brooke Lopez next. Um, 18 points for Brooke. Sorry, 17 points for Brooke. Six for 14 from the field. Three rebounds for Brooke Lopez in 29 minutes, which again is really nice to see from Brooke, just knowing that his back is holding up and he can play 30 minutes in a regular season game. I'm still surprised that we're seeing him play this much, given that this is only his. This is what his, um, let's look at the schedule here. He came back Monday the 14th against the Jazz. So this is his seventh game, and he's already playing 30 minutes. I mean, Brooke Lopez is all the way back, which is, again, another big, big reason why the Bucks are just going to be tough to beat in this playoffs. We've got our anchor back of the defense. He's given you some nice scoring production as well. You know, 17 points against uh, Philly. You know, that's really solid. He had 10 points against Memphis and um, 13 against uh, Washington. So Brooke Lopez scoring double digits in the last three games this, you know, this week. I mean, that any other offense you can get is great. So I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Brooke Lopez right now. He looks healthy. He looks great. He's ready to make a long playoff run. And, and he said he this is the best he's ever felt. Uh, he had a recent quote that came out. And I don't know if that's true, but the fact that he's saying that is obviously a good sign. So all things are looking good from a Brooke Lopez perspective. Let's go to Wesley Matthews next. Five points for Wesley in 25 minutes. Uh, two for five from the field. Three rebounds, an assist, and a steal. You know, Wesley Matthews, his shooting has been up and down all season. I mean, he had a really, he started really good and then took a big, big dip for a couple months and started to pick it back up. Uh, he was one for two from three in this game, which is, which is good. Um, but we know what Wesley's out there to do. He's not going to score much points. He's out there to play defense, and uh, that's really all you can ask from him. So can't complain what we got from Wesley Matthews. Uh, he made a solid impact in 25 minutes. So now we're going to look at the bench here, and, and I want to point this out. Um, this game seemed a lot like a playoff rotation for the Bucks. They didn't play as many guys as they have as of late. This is the first game really all year that they've been totally healthy as well. Obviously, DeAndre Bembry's out for the season um, with the torn ACL and MCL. But other than him, we've got everyone playing right now, which is just a great, great sign. So um, this really looked like a playoff rotation. You know, usually uh, Bud doesn't play Giannis, Chris, and Drew, you know, close to 40 minutes apiece. You know, Giannis at 38, Chris with 39, and Drew with 40. Usually it's around mid-30s for those guys. Um, Drew usually is a little bit higher. But, um, yeah, obviously they got more minutes because this was a big-time game. It had seeding impact. Now, now the Bucks own the tiebreaker over the 76ers because we beat them two times out of three this season. So if the Bucks and the 76ers have the same record at the end of the regular season, Bucks have the tiebreak. They're the higher seed. So 
that could really come into play with, you know, home court advantage in the second round of the playoffs or even the conference finals. So clearly both teams wanted to win this one and uh, everyone's trying to improve their seating, even though a crazy Eastern Conference standings is here and a potential Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving staring you down in the first round. But albeit um, Bucks got the tiebreaker over in the 76ers, you never want to lose to that team just because it's it's definitely a rivalry. So glad the Bucks got the win. But back to the, the rotation of this game. So it looked a lot like more like a playoff rotation. I don't think it would be identical to what the playoffs is going to look like, especially, you know, where it's at in the series. Like, you know, later on in the series when it's 2-2 or 3-2, you know, even 3-3 in a game seven, you know, Giannis, Chris, and Drew are playing 44 minutes each probably. So it, it would even be um, smaller minutes for the rest of the guys and not as many players playing. But let's look at the, the bench minutes in this game. Grayson Allen coming off of the bench at 25 minutes, 10 points, three of five from the field, two of four from three. Nice game for Grayson. I, I thought, you know, 10 points on five shots is great. And uh, he, he made a nice impact out there. I, I like seeing him come off the bench to give us a little bit more of a scoring punch. But Grayson Allen at 25 minutes, Pat Connaughton with 18, Bobby Portis with 14, George Hill only had nine, and Serge Ibaka just three minutes. No Javon Carter in this game. Uh, he's obviously been a fan favorite for the Bucs as of late, just given his very, very good play since he's joined Milwaukee. But no Javon Carter in this game. I think that, you know, is a sign that he's probably not going to be in the playoff rotation. Uh, Bobby Portis got a lot less minutes, you know, 14. He's usually around 25, 25 minutes, you know, with Brooke Lopez back in the lineup. That's probably where he's, he would be in the regular season. But only 14 for Bobby. George Hill only with nine minutes. I mean, that's not a lot for him. I thought he would get more than that or potentially even Javon getting some of those minutes. Um, and then, you know, Pat Connaughton with 18. I think he's probably going to play a little bit more than that in the playoffs, probably 20 to 25. Uh, he had a really off shooting night. His first, like, kind of bad game since he's returned back to the lineup. Just two points, one for five from the field, all of four from three. So pretty off Pat Connaughton game, but we all knew that was going to happen. Uh, just the way he was shooting when he came back was, was ridiculous. Didn't expect that, but he was going to come back to earth at some point. So that's okay. But um, yeah, I mean, not much Serge Ibaka, three minutes, you know, really he only came in at the end of the second quarter um, just to spell Brooke Lopez a bit so that he wouldn't get another foul. I think he had three fouls towards the end of the second quarter. So in a matchup like this, it's a lot of Brooke Lopez because he's a great matchup for Embiid. Obviously Embiid is, is great and still got his, you know, 29 points in 39 minutes, 11 for 21 from the field, three of five from three, 14 rebounds, seven assists, and four turnovers. Um, he started off pretty rough. You know, we were really giving him a hard time, but he got hot in the second half. Uh, I think he made six shots in a row at one point in the game, and uh, he's a very good player. He's going to get his every single game. We know he gets to the line a lot. Only six free throw attempts is, is pretty good for the Bucks to limit his um chances at the foul line but you know we need Brooke Lopez in this matchup pretty much as much as we can get him because he's a big big body who can give him beats and problems so um I thought Serge Ibaka would maybe get a little bit more minutes just because he's a good guy to you know spell Brooke Lopez 
uh, when guarding Embiid if Lopez is out of the game. But uh, Bud went with Bobby Portis a little bit, and actually he held his own fairly well. I mean, they were double-teaming Embiid when Bobby was in the game, and even when Brooke Lopez was in the game, they were doubling Embiid. But um, I thought Bobby Portis actually held his own defensively against him, but I wouldn't expect that really at all if they were playing in the playoffs because I think Bobby would get cooked there. But, you know, again, 10 guys played total in the game, five off the bench. Serge really only three minutes, so not much for him. But I think this is going to be a lot more what, like, the playoff rotation looks like. So it could be, you know, Javon Carter's probably not going to be in that mix. George Hill's going to be that backup point guard getting, you know, probably anywhere from eight to 12 minutes a game. Um, you know, somewhat of that Jeff T grill last season, uh, Bobby Portis. Um, well, we'll start with Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen first. If Grayson starts or comes off the bench, like either way, Grayson is a lock. He's obviously a lock to get playoff minutes if he's a starter, but either way, Grayson is a lock to play in the playoffs. I don't see a way where he gets out of the rotation unless he just really shoots terribly, um, which I don't expect that to happen. So I think Grayson Allen and Pat are, are straight up locks in the postseason. And, and honestly, I'd probably say George Hill too. Um, I just think, you know, a lot of people think Javon Carter should get those minutes. I, I wouldn't fault you for that, for thinking that the way Javon has played is just crazy. He's been playing so well for the Bucs and shooting 50% from three. But um, clearly, George Hill is Bud's guy, and I think he's going to roll with him. A little bit more defensive versatility, being able to guard multiple positions. Javon's a very good point-of-attack defender like Drew Holiday, but he's small. So uh, I think that could, you know, Bud maybe thinks that'll expose him a little bit. But I think George Hill is a lock, too. I would say Bobby Portis is as well, but – I think there's going to be a shorter leash with Bobby like we saw last year. Like he's going to get a chance every single series to show if he can hang. And like if, if he's scoring, you know, great. But like it defensively is really where it's going to be a make or break for him. If he's getting cooked defensively, I think Bud's going to have a short leash with him and, and possibly go to a Serge Ibaka, who I think could be a really nice piece for this team in the playoffs. Uh, I just like what he does on defense and he can score, you know, we've seen him put up many double digit games since he's been a Milwaukee Bucks. So I really like Serge Ibaka and I hope we can find a way to, to squeeze him some minutes in the playoffs because he's just a very good player, a winning player, um, a good smart veteran who's not going to get exposed on either end of the floor. Uh, I love Bobby Portis. I, I love him as much as, as every other Bucks fan, but you know, I just think he's got some flaws in the playoffs that, you know, could really come back to to bite this Bucks team. I mean, he was unplayable in that net series. So, you know, especially lately, too, Bobby has not played well offensively. So if that continues, you know, I think that there's a, a clear chance that uh, that Bobby could possibly be out of the playoff rotation. But I still think he's going to get a chance every single series to show what he's got. But um, yeah, very interesting to see this, this rotation, you know, bar, the Bucks were getting a little more stingent with the guys and, uh, overall it's nice to see like, what is that playoff rotation going to look like? So got a glimpse of it Tuesday night against Philly. So that's the analysis for that game. Again, just a great, great win for the Bucks and, uh, glad they picked it up. We'll just briefly touch base on the other two games this past week. 
Saturday night Bucks fell to the Memphis Grizzlies, 127 to 102. Giannis and Chris returned to the lineup. Uh, Giannis and Chris both missed the game against the Wizards um, on Thursday. And then, um, what was the other game? And then Chris missed another game against the Bulls where we, where we actually just kicked their ass because they stink. Um, so yeah, both Chris and Giannis coming back to the lineup, which was great. Uh, Chris had the left wrist soreness that he suffered against the Timberwolves last Saturday, two Saturdays ago. And then um, Giannis had right knee soreness, which he basically always has. Um, so nice to see them return to the lineup. You know, Giannis led the way with 30 points, um, 16 points for Chris. But again, no Drew Holiday in this game. They rested him with uh, left ankle soreness. I mean, he returned to the lineup against uh, against Philly. So really, I don't think it was any like actual injury. I think it was just giving Drew Holiday a rest game. Who, prior to missing that game against Memphis, played in every single game since January 17th. So probably made sense to give Drew an off game and just let him rest up a little bit. So, you know, I'm not going to take much from this game. Like I said earlier, Drew Holiday just is the connector for this team. It's hard to win games without him on the floor. And Memphis is just dominating right now. I mean, DeAnthony Melton was the leading scorer for them, 24 points, six for nine from three. Again, no John Morant in this game. He's out for the next week or so, uh, two-ish weeks in total with a knee injury, uh, but it doesn't even matter for Memphis. They are just dominating right now. Um, they were making shots pretty much all night. Um, you know, they killed us on rebounding 54 to 46. You know, Steven Adams was really giving the Bucks problems along with uh, Darren Clark, guys who can just rebound the ball really, really efficiently. So, yeah, tough game for the Bucks there. But again, I'm not going to take much from it. You know, it's just one of those games where, um, where Memphis was at home. They were hot, they were rolling, and the Bucks were just kind of due for a stinker without Drew. So, it happens, you know, really nothing to take from that one in general. Um, then Thursday, the Bucks beat the Wizards 114 to 102. Um, Bucks take came out hot. They were up 32 to 13 after the first quarter. And then really it was kind of up and down from there. Uh, Wizards won the fourth quarter by 14. Um, but, you know, the Bucks won the third by eight and lost the second by one point. So still Bucks picked up a nice win. Again, no Giannis and Chris in this game, but Drew was fantastic. 24 points, 10 of 18 from the field. Uh, Grayson Allen also had 21 points. Pat Connaughton with 16, three of six from three. Grayson was five of seven from three. And then, you know, four other guys in double digits, Serge with 11, Burke with 13, Bobby with 11, and Georgia with 10. So really, really nice game from the Bucs. I mean, even without Giannis and Chris, you got to beat the Wizards at home. They absolutely stink. So um, that was a nice one to see the Bucks get a win there. I was in attendance and got the free giveaway, the replica ring. It is awesome. I did not expect it to be this cool. I thought it was going to be like plastic, to be quite honest with you, um, or maybe just like a really, really cheap, like fake metal or whatever, but it is awesome. It's got, it comes in a cool little case and I mean, it looks totally legit. Um, if you looked at it, you would just feel like, damn, this thing looks real. But I uh, had to get there early for that and certainly glad that I did. It's a really, really cool giveaway. Probably the best one they've ever done.
So that's the week for the Bucks here. Two and one, again, beating the Wizards and the 76ers and falling to the Grizzlies. So Bucks two and one this week. And that puts them at 47 and 28 for the season. Again, seven games left to close the regular season. Uh, they are in second place in the Eastern Conference standings. One game back of Miami, who as I was, I was watching the game before I recorded, Miami beat Boston 106 to 98 to, to get to 49 and 28. Heater um, obviously in a good spot right now in the standings at least, you know, they, they did lose, you know, four games in a row at one point and they did, they have lost five of their last 10. So uh, they were rolling for a while and it certainly felt like Miami was just going to run away with first place in the Eastern conference for the regular season. But uh, you know, given their five and five stretch over the last 10, they've kept teams like the Bucks, the 76ers and the Celtics alive for that one seed. So um, but a big win for them against Boston to, to keep them in that one seat. Um, so Bucks one game behind them. They have played two less games than Miami. So uh, Miami's only got five regular season games left. The Bucks have seven. So um, if the Bucks were to win their next two and like Miami didn't play a game, we would technically be tied with them. And I'm not sure who the tiebreaker goes to. We were two and two against the Heat in the regular season. So I think it would go to conference standings, which right now is pretty even um, bucks have two less conference wins in Miami. So I think Miami would still have a tie break there, but uh, bucks at two, you know, it, it looks like they're probably going to finish. I mean, top four, for sure. It's a guarantee at this point, they're not going to fall to five, but it really looks like two to three is probably where they're going to end up. I don't think they're going to get the one seed. Uh, I mean, they have a chance, but you know, Miami only has five games left. And, you know, here's the five teams that they play, the Bulls, the Raptors, so two playoff teams. Um, the Hornets and the Hawks are two play-in teams in the East, and then they've got the Magic, who stink. So um, I think the Heat are going to win probably at least three of those games, probably four out of five to, to get them that one seed. Um, and the Bucks, you know, still have seven games left and play some, some good teams that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I think two to three is where they're going to end up. Third seed is Philadelphia, 46 and 29. They're a game back from the Bucks, but like I said earlier, if we're tied at the end of the regular season, same record as Philly, we have the tiebreaker. So really Philly is like two games back of the Bucks to pass us up. So, um, that certainly helps our case to be ahead of Philly. And, you know, if we do end up playing them in the playoffs, we'll probably have, or we will have home court unless the Bucs really fall here. Philly's got seven games left, just like the Bucs. Much easier schedule, though. They actually have the, the easiest schedule uh, to close the regular season. They've got Toronto, Cleveland. So that's one playoff team in Toronto. Cleveland's going to be in the play-in. Charlotte's in the play-in, and then they played Detroit twice, who's actually played really well lately, uh, and the Pacers twice, who stink. So, um, you know, Philly's probably going to go five and two in that stretch, you know, four and three at, at the lowest. So um, let's say they go five and two, you know, the Bucks go four and three, then the Bucks are going to be ahead of them. So, you know, the Bucks got a good chance to, to finish ahead of Philly there. And you got Boston at 47 and 30. 
they were first in the East uh, earlier this week, maybe Sunday or Monday, but uh, they've lost now two in a row. Obviously, they lost Robert Williams, their starting center, uh, for four to six weeks. Four to six weeks with a torn meniscus. That's a tough loss for them. He's the anchor to their defense. Really, really, you know, switchable guy who has extremely high bounce. Great shot blocker. Also was giving them some production offensively. That's a tough loss for them, and that you've certainly we've certainly noticed it. You know, them losing to Toronto and now Miami in back-to-back games. I mean, those are two solid teams, but. You know, Boston was the hottest team in the league, you know, since the new year. And I think it might catch up to him a little bit now that Robert Williams is going to be out probably until the second round of the playoffs at minimum. Um, so that's a big, tough loss for them. But I don't think that necessarily knocks them out of contention here. But um, Boston, you know, two games back from Bucks in the loss column. And they've got five games left, including one of those against Milwaukee. So. I think the Bucs got a pretty good chance to finish ahead of the Celtics, who they play Memphis, Milwaukee, Chicago, so three playoff teams, and then uh, the Pacers and the Wizards, who both stink. So, um, yeah, probably going to be, you know, three and two at minimum for this the Celtics, but I think the Bucs will will be able to finish ahead of them. You know, we only have, we have two less losses than them, so that really helps our case. Um, then the other teams, you know, Chicago's in fifth at 44 and 32. Toronto is in sixth, also at 44 and 32. Uh, two teams that are going in opposite directions. Chicago's four and six in their last 10 games. Um, and Toronto's eight and two. So I think Toronto's going to finish at the five seed. Uh, they're, they're playing well right now. They've got a good team and, and Chicago is really, really struggling. Um, and also Chicago has the second hardest schedule to close out the regular season, including games against the Heat, Bucks, Celtics, Timberwolves, uh, Hornets, and the Clippers, who are a frisky team as well. So I think the Bulls could easily be two and four out of that stretch. Three and three is probably the best that they're going to get. So I think the Bulls have a chance at even sliding into the play-in, but uh, they'll probably stay afloat at the sixth seed given how poorly the seventh seed first team in the play-in Cleveland Cavaliers have been playing as of late. Uh, they've suffered a lot of injuries with, you know, Colin Sexton, Ricky Rubio, Jared Allen, now Evan Mobley's out for a couple games. Um, they're four and six in their last 10. You know, I think that there's a chance that Brooklyn passes them and gets to the seventh seed. Um, Brooklyn is 40 and 36, two games back from Cleveland. They're seven and three in their last 10. I think there's there's a solid chance that Brooklyn finishes ahead of them. Um, and then you got Charlotte at nine and, and Atlanta at 10. They'll both be in the play-in, whether they're nine or 10, it really doesn't matter. Um, so that's the standings uh, as at this point in time. Again, it's just impossible to predict where teams are going to finish. It's the most uh, congested Eastern Conference standings I've ever seen. Um, and it's just going to make for a really crazy playoffs and end of the regular season in general. Uh, so let's go and look through the Eastern Conference standings here. I'll tell you if I think the, you know, the top eight teams, just because the Nets are eight, I'll throw them in that mix um, for if they're contenders or pretenders. So we're going to start with the Miami Heat. I've been thinking about this one a lot, going back and forth. 
and I've landed on Pretenders. Crazy to say that because they're the number one seed in the East, and they've got a good team, really, really tough defensive team, but I just don't think they have enough offense to win the Eastern Conference. And when I'm saying you're a contender, I'm saying that you can win the Eastern Conference. A pretender, you can't win it. So that's the qualifications for contender and pretender. Um, I don't think that the Heat can win the Eastern Conference. You know, they're relying on Tyler Hero to score points for them, a guy coming off the bench. I mean, you know, their starting lineup, Kyle Lowry, Bam, Jimmy Butler, those aren't elite offensive players. And the Bucs really give them fits when we play them. So if the Bucs were able to play the Heat in the playoffs, I think we would beat them probably in six games. Um, but I just don't think that the Heat can win the East. So even though they're probably going to be at number one, I'm going to say they're pretenders. The Bucks are absolutely contenders. No bias in this one at all. I mean, they're the best team in the East. They've got the best big three in the league with Giannis, Chris, and Drew. They got the best player in the league with Giannis. They've got a seasoned playoff team coming off of a championship last year. Really nice bench with guys like Pat Connaughton, you know, Grayson Allen, if he stays on the bench, George Hill, Bobby Portis, some also – Swiss Army knife guys that could give you some run like Serge Ibaka and Javon Carter and uh, they can get stops defensively and they can score the basketball at will so the Bucks are no doubt contenders and you know they're probably the best bet to get out of the east but we'll see what happens Philadelphia I'm going to say that they're contenders I really want to say they're pretenders but it all comes down to James Harden and Joel Embiid for this team. You know, if they are absolutely elite, they, they can win the East. They really can. You know, James Harden has not looked the same this season um, that he has in years past. And if he can get back to the old Houston James Harden, then, yeah, they could definitely win the East. So I don't think that he's going to get back to that point, but I could be wrong. So I've got to build that into there. So I'll say Philly is a contender. You know, they've got – an Tobias Harris, who can put up points. I think he's kind of trash, but he can still put up points. Tyrese Maxey's a really, really good player, but he's only in his second year. So how's he going to be in his first really, really big playoffs? You know, they've got some vets like a Danny Green, George Niang. Thibault's a good defender, but is a non-factor on offense and really a net negative. He was a not even a factor in that game. Uh, against the Bucks on Tuesday. So I'll say they're contenders, but that one's really close for me. Boston. I'm going to say Boston's a contender as well. Uh, if Robert Williams didn't get hurt, I think they're pretty much neck and neck with the Bucks as favorites to get out of the East. They've got the number one defense in the league. Jason Tatum has elevated himself into a superstar. He's so good. Jalen Brown is a really good number two. They've got, I think the one weakness with Boston is like outside of Jason Tatum, like who can you really rely on to, to make shots and get buckets for you? Like Jalen Brown can certainly be that guy, but outside of that, you can't rely on Marcus Smart to make shots. You can't rely on Derek White to make shots, Grant Williams, Al Horford. You know, they've got some nice players, but like it's just shot creation for them. If teams are just going to double Jason Tatum, like who's going to make a play? So that's my concern with Boston. And obviously the Robert Williams injury, like, is he going to come back hundred percent? That's 
that's going to be tough. You know, just jumping into the playoffs, probably the second round at minimum off of a torn meniscus. It's not going to be easy for him to just be his normal self, especially a guy who builds himself, who, like who was made off of his athleticism. It's going to be really tough for him to just pick it, pick up right where he left off and uh, produce for this team. So I, I think he's going to be back at some point. I think Boston will win their first round matchup. So he'll probably be back sometime in that second round uh, if everything goes well. So I'll say they're contenders because I still think they can get it done. Chicago is an absolute pretender. They're not good. I hope the Bucks play them in the playoffs somehow. I just want to just absolutely destroy them. I think we probably sweep them or gentlemen sweep, which is five games. Uh, that would be the most we most games we'd play them in the playoffs. So Chicago's a pretender for sure. They're not great. Toronto is very frisky. No one wants to play them in the playoffs. I don't want the Bucks to see them. Personally, you know, Nick Nurse has has really come up with some good defensive schemes against Milwaukee. They've got a great defensive lineup with Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, um, Pascal Siakam. I'm blanking on the other. OG Ananobi, really good defender. Uh, Chris Middleton always struggles against them, and that's a team I don't want to see, but they're pretenders. I still think the Bucs would get it done, but it would probably take six games for the Bucs to beat the Raptors in a playoff series, but they're, they're pretenders. They're not winning the East. Their absolute ceiling is winning one playoff round. So Boston or Toronto is pretenders. Cleveland is pretenders. Not even going to elaborate on that. They are falling off face of the earth and one with Brooklyn. I got to say they're contenders. Like, I don't think they're going to win the East. It's just really tough to do that. You know, coming out of the play in, you know, they're going to have to walk into a first-round matchup against the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, maybe the Celtics. Like, And then they're going to have to play two more of those teams throughout the rest of the playoffs. Um, I don't think they have enough defense to get it done. Uh, they're really, really small. They've got a lot of small guards like Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, uh, Seth Curry, who are not good defenders. I mean, Bruce Brown is a decent defender, but he's not anything close to – above average defender. So I just think that they're really small. They're not good defensively. Um, I think they'll be better defensively in the playoffs. We saw that last year. Kyrie Irving was playing some really nice defense. Kevin Durant's a very underrated defender. Um, but I just don't think they're going to get enough stops to win these games and, and win series in the playoffs. I'm going to say they're contenders just because they've got Kevin Durant, who is, you know, the best scorer in the league um and then they've got Kyrie Irving who's got the best handles in the league and can go off for 50 points any game so just given that I think they could just get insanely hot and and win the east but I don't think it's going to happen I'll say they're contenders but I I don't think they're going to get it done so that's all I've got for the eastern conference standings here um we'll go ahead and look at the upcoming schedule for the Bucks here uh, coming up this week. So the Bucks have Brooklyn tomorrow night, Thursday. So today, as you're probably hearing this, uh, on TNT in Brooklyn against the Nets. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is eligible to play in home games now due to the private sector mandate being lifted. So Kyrie will be back in the lineup. Uh, Giannis dominates the Nets. He's 40 points away from breaking, from being the all-time leading scorer in Bucks history. Uh, 
eclipsing uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So it would just be epic for Giannis to put up 40 back-to-back nights, become the all-time leading scorer in Bucks history, and beating the Brooklyn Nets on TNT. I think it's possible for sure. But we got a clean injury report for the game again as well. Giannis is probable of knee soreness, just like he was against the 76ers. And and he had knee soreness, and he still put up 40 points and 14 rebounds and, and the game ceiling block. So Giannis is playing in this game for sure. Bucks are going to be fully healthy again. I believe the Nets are fully healthy as well. So it's going to be a bloodbath. I sure hope the Bucks can beat the Nets, make a statement to them that, hey, we're not scared of you. Again, there's certainly a very realistic possibility that Bucks nets will be a first-round playoff matchup. I don't want it. I really don't. I just don't want to see Kevin Durant in the first round. Like, sure, if we have to see him in the conference finals, like, yeah, we're gonna, that's fine. We're going to have to beat good teams in the playoffs. But in round one, I would prefer the most favorable matchup possible, like a Chicago or a Cleveland. Um, but I think it's a good, good chance that it's going to be Brooklyn. So this would just be a nice statement win for the Bucks to make their claim that they're not scared of the Nets and they're not ducking anyone in the playoffs. Just like last year when they had a chance to, to duck the Heat in the first round, they said, nah, we want the Heat. So I think that could certainly happen this year against Brooklyn. So that's a big time game. Can't wait to watch it uh, Thursday night. Then the Bucks have a back-to-back Friday playing at home against the Clippers. I'll be in attendance for that one. I'm, I'm a little worried because I think we're probably going to sit some guys. Like, I don't think Giannis plays in that game. Um, you know, coming off the back-to-back, two really tough games before that against Philly and Brooklyn. I could see even Chris and or Drew being out and even Brooke Lopez. Uh, we haven't seen him in a back-to-back situation since he's been, since he's been back to the lineup. So I'll be there, which is, you know, it, it, it would – be unfortunate if some of these guys are out, but still going to root the team on. Uh, the Clippers got Paul George back, um, but they're also on a second night of a back-to-back when they play the Bucks. They play the Bulls Thursday, so I don't know if Paul George is going to play in that game, but he looked absolutely fantastic uh, Tuesday night against um, against the Jazz in a big-time win. So that Clippers team will be tough to beat, especially if the Bucks are you know, sitting a bunch of guys. So not not a win there, but I hope that Giannis plays and then he breaks the the Bucks all-time leading scorer record. So I would be there in person. That that'd be cool. But my guess is he's probably either going to break it against Brooklyn or he's going to be out against the Clippers and break it against Dallas on Sunday on ABC at noon. Dallas is really hot right now. That's going to be a tough game, but I like I like the Bucks chances in that one. I just don't think Dallas is enough scoring to beat this Bucks team. Um, so then you've got Dallas Sunday at home. Then we go to Chicago Tuesday against the Bulls. So uh, four games that we'll have to talk about on next week's pod. Looking forward to that one. And then Bucks only have three games after that. Boston at home, back-to-back against Detroit on the road, then the next night, and then Sunday, April 10th at Cleveland to close it out. So we are so, so close to playoffs, and, and I cannot wait for that. Uh, quickly here, we'll end with uh, who's up and who's down for the week. Um, we'll, we'll, go with, um, we'll go with up first. Got to be Giannis, right? I mean, his performance against Philly alone uh, allowed him to be in the up segment this week. 40 points, 14 rebounds, game ceiling block, and 30 points against the Grizzlies, 11 rebounds. 
So he was great this past week. Didn't play against the Wizards, but doesn't matter. Giannis clearly deserves to be up uh, this week. Um, another guy that's going to be up is Brooke Lopez. He has been great since returning to the lineup, as I mentioned. Three double-digit scoring games this week. And uh, he just looks like the old Brooke Lopez, which is such a big thing for this Bucks team. So offensively, Brooke has gave, given the Bucks a nice scoring punch. And defensively, he's been that anchor. So Brooke Lopez is certainly up for me this week as well. Really, really good play from him. Um, and then let's see. I'm going to go with one more, one more. And it's going to be Grayson Allen. I think he's played really well this week. Uh, 21 points against the Wizards and uh, only seven against Memphis, but 10 against the against the 76ers and, and having to adjust his role coming off the bench. I think he did a really good job at that. So I think Grayson has played well this week and is deserving of a who's up uh, designation this week. So then let's go to the other side. Who is down? And um, I'm just going to have I'm going to have one guy in there, and it's going to be Bobby Portis. I love Bobby Portis, but, again, he has struggled scoring the basketball really the last couple weeks. Now, he did have a double-double against the Wizards, 11 points and 12 rebounds, but he got those 11 points on 11 shots, so not super efficient for him. He was minus seven in that game as well, so uh, not the best game for Bobby. And then uh, against Memphis, he had seven points, two of 13 from the field. Really rough shooting game for Bobby. And then uh, again, against the 76ers Tuesday night, only three points, one for two from the field. Both of those are three-pointers. So I think Bobby's stock has went down lately. The shooting has went down. Uh, and hopefully he can pick it up. But again, I would not be shocked if Serge Ibaka ends up getting more of his minutes and being more of a factor in the playoffs if Bobby can't make shots. Because if he can't make shots, he, he shouldn't be playing in the playoffs because he's not a great defender. So Bobby Portis is going to be down for me this week. And that's it for who's up and who's down. And that also concludes this week's episode of the Downtown Browntown podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Again, please make sure to follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at downtown underscore brown. And uh, subscribe on your po uh, podcast platforms, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Every, every week, Thursdays, my episodes are out. And again, for the playoffs, I'll be doing a post-game pod after every single playoff game. Um, unless I'll be, tra I think I'll be traveling a little bit for work. So um, could miss one or two games at that point. But I will be doing every single game that I possibly can if I am in town, which I should be pretty much all playoffs because I'm going to be going to pretty much all of these games too in Milwaukee. So uh, excited for that. But again, subscribe on those platforms. If you feel so inclined to give me a five-star review, that would be much appreciated. And uh, get ready for much more content coming up here. We are almost at the playoffs and it's going to be fun. So thanks again, everyone, and go Bucks.